Alright, hello and welcome to episode number 16 now of the One Faith in Christ podcast. Um, would like to thank you for tuning in. Uh, I mentioned last time that we've been getting a few more listeners and um, many listeners from uh, different countries of the world now. We have, um, I believe, 11 uh, different countries, including the United States. Uh, people from South Africa, Germany, Ireland, Canada, Slovenia, um, and others. Uh, I, I'm so thankful that uh, you all have tuned in and anyone else uh, who is listening as well. <clears throat> um, and also, uh, we're on many different platforms now. Uh, you can listen, of course, here on Anchor.fm, but also Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, uh, Google, uh, Bullhorn, uh, and um, a few others as well. So uh, you can uh, download this if you'd like or uh, stream it wherever you are and um, uh, stay in touch with everything that we might be talking about. And um, by the way, I think I left this out. My name is Mark Smith. I am the gospel preacher of the Clouston Church of Christ in Clouston, Florida. And you can also read my blog at the onefaithinchrist.blogspot.com. And um, see some of my sermons and lessons as well on YouTube. Uh, just search up uh, Clouston Church of Christ on YouTube, and uh, you can see me there as well. But um, either way, I'm just so thankful for everyone who is tuning in and listening. And as always, if you have a question or a comment um, or a topic you'd like to discuss, of course, you can always send me a message at clustonchurchofchrist at gmail.com. Um, or here at Anchor.fm, you can leave a voice message if you'd like, um, or leave me a message um, on Facebook at uh, Clouston Church of Christ on Facebook as well. <clears throat> and um, a question that was left uh, for me a couple of weeks ago, um, someone had a question about the book of Revelation, and um, especially about the wayward church or um, the lukewarm church that is mentioned in uh, chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about here today. But in chapters 2 and 3 um, of Revelation, uh, these chapters contains a, uh, a series of seven letters. And these letters, of course, were from Christ himself, the resurrected and ascended Christ, and were directed to seven different congregations that were located uh, there in Asia under Roman control. These letters state that Christ walks, in the present tense, in their midst. Uh, he repeatedly states that he knows their works, um, uh, meaning that he knows their activities, or in some cases, their lack of activity. And some of these groups were commended generously with no bad criticism, even though they were not perfect, uh, churches like Smyrna and Philadelphia. Four of these churches also received mixed reviews. For instance, the church at Laodicea was given no praise at all. These were a collection of lazy saints, um, oblivious to their spiritual condition. In fact, in the strongest of terms, the Lord rebukes them in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. And there Christ says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. <clears throat> now, 
Christ classifies this church here as lukewarm, in contrast to the opposite extremes of hot or cold. So how can we apply these terms to churches or congregations today? Well, first we're going to look at the cold. The cold church describes church members um, individually or possibly a whole congregation who at one time obeyed, but sadly did not grow in the Lord, and they exhibited no real interest in growing. They attended, maybe occasionally, but never really involved themselves in church activities and exhibited little indication of general dedication altogether. Paul says this to Titus uh, about these cold brethren. And if you turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 1 and verse 16, uh, we're going to talk about that. So opening up my Bible here, I apologize. In Titus 1.16, Paul says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. With the passing of time, um, they attended probably less frequently and eventually stopped altogether. Often no one knows what becomes of these people until maybe their names appear in the obituaries. And then many times the obituary, or maybe it's said at a funeral, uh, of how wonderful a Christian they were. Now, let's be honest. Have you ever been to, your, to a funeral where... Uh, someone says, well, he wasn't a good Christian at all, and he's definitely not in heaven. Well, of course not. Everybody says that. You know, everybody says they were a good Christian and they're in heaven now. But I'm not trying to condemn that being said or to condemn that person, but we can read in the scriptures what needs to be done to reach heaven. Oftentimes, uh, these people died as cold in soul as they are now in body. They were overcome by worldliness and returned to the world. And then Christ mentions the hot. Now the term hot is used in this context to denote an uncompromised zeal. One scholar in fact describes this as, and I'm quoting here, the glow of unconditional self-offering, if necessary, even unto death, unquote. Now this type of Christian is the ideal Paul puts it best um, about this Christian in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. And there Paul says, this, this Christian, or I'm sorry, um, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Now, zealous describes one who is completely enthusiastic for a cause. Good works, uh, that also Paul mentions there, is an expression that sums up all of one's obligations, um, really both to God and humanity as well. And now if you turn to Matthew, and I know we have a, a few more uh, passages that we're reading today, but Matthew chapter 22 and verses 37 through 40 reads like this. Uh, I apologize again. I'm trying to get everything going here tonight. Uh, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know, our lives have been blessed with countless examples of Christian people who are happy to spend and be spent for their Lord. They are more than willing to do all that they can for the Lord. And this is truly the way that we need to be as well. And not dragging our feet and uh, wanting to do things, but jumping up and be willing to do it. And, and not do it for uh, a pat on the back or for someone to say good job, but because we truly want to do it. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 15, um, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Of course, Paul is saying there the, the more work that he was putting in, the more hated he was becoming. And we have to remember, Paul, when he wrote this letter at this time, was under house arrest in Rome. But these Christians are always ready for good works and to support the activities of the local church. They don't wait to be asked, but volunteer to do what is needed. Truly, where would the church be without these saints today? And then finally, we're going to look at the lukewarm church and uh, the, the reason why we're doing this episode today. Now, the lukewarm church and individuals are, uh, I'm trying to put this as politely as possible, but these are of such foul quality that they even make Christ sick to his stomach. Figuratively speaking, he says he vomits them out as one would spoiled food. Now you might ask, why are the luke lukewarm censured more sharply than those who are cold? Well, the short answer really is because that just by hanging on, they give the impression to the world that they are faithful Christians, therefore bringing enormous disgrace to Christ by their unspiritual lives. They are really walking commentaries on the meaning of the term hypocrite. You know, do as I say, don't do as I do. Our churches, of course, have a fair share of these individuals. They are perfectly healthy, Sunday morning only folks who cannot abide more than an hour of worship and study per week. They believe this is all they need for their spiritual nourishment. They don't care or have a want to do more. Sure, they uh, attend worship on Sunday mornings and maybe occasionally Bible study throughout the week, but how are they living their lives once they leave the church building? Now, I'm not saying we need to be going out and following these people and when we see them doing something wrong, pointing our fingers at them. That's not what I'm saying at all. Maybe talking to them wouldn't hurt, but we're just saying how Christ views people, uh, members of the church that are like this. And this is as a warning, uh, warning to those uh, wayward Christians to not do this, to not become one of these people, to do all that we can and do everything for God. These people do not give hardly anything of their income to the church. And, um, you know, it has often been said that Americans spend more money each week on buying sodas than they do on giving to the church. 
ask yourself this if uh, you're an American or anywhere else in the world really but how many times do you eat out a week if you eat out and I'm not saying you shouldn't eat out uh, at all but if you're spending more money eating out than you are in giving to the church maybe you need to evaluate your priorities some and we can do a, a, a discussion on giving later but we need to think about that we're always happy to go out to eat and willing to spend money with our loved ones or with our friends and, and uh, you know have a good time but then when it comes to Sunday morning uh, boy we hang on to that almighty dollar don't we we need to be giving more to the church and not just so there's more money in the preacher's pocket or whatever but to continue the work of the church it's unfortunate I, I truly wish that we could do the work of the church without having to have all that money and of course there's a lot of work that we can do that is absolutely free but this uh the the donations must be given that offering must be given and if we see it as such a horrible sacrifice we're looking at it the wrong way but these saints also are never around when there is work to be done uh, nor do they have um uh, happy fellowship events with their presence whenever there's something going on you just see they don't really want to be there or they're looking for a uh, quick ending to whatever that event might be so they can leave and go back and do their own thing people like this Christians who are like this unfortunately are far more destructive than productive these people um, are not doing the church any good they are simply lukewarm. Do you think a lukewarm Christian is one who throughout the week is going and talking to as many people as they can to try and study with them, to try to teach them about God and bring them to him? Usually no. They see that uh, they're going to do the bare minimum for the Lord. They believe that just showing up on Sunday morning or, or Wednesday evening or, or uh uh, you know, occasionally opening up the Bible, if they open it up at all, they think that's enough. I'm sure, you know, many people, uh, there are those who at attend worship on Sunday, and then they might leave their Bibles in the car until next Sunday. Or when they come home, their Bibles go on their uh, uh, dresser, on their kitchen table, on the bookshelf, and remain there again until the following Sunday. This is not what God expects of us. Now, he doesn't expect us to uh, open up our Bibles and study 24 hours a day. We still have to provide for our families, and, and he expects us to uh, do things with our families and have a life as well. But why can't we give more time to him? Why can't we attend more? Some people, uh, it is known that you know on Sunday morning, uh, you have quite a few in attendance. By Sunday evening, the numbers drop off, and Wednesday night, the numbers are usually at least half, um, or at most, I should say, at most half is what they were on Sunday morning. Now, I understand we work, uh, uh, and we might have to work on uh, Wednesday evening, or we've been working all day, we're completely exhausted, and we're getting the kids home from school and, and fixing dinner. You may not always be able to attend, but... We should still want to be there and make every effort to attend if we can. 
we know some people just simply use that excuse that, oh, I worked and I just can't give the time. Think about it. When you're attending, you're only giving, uh, for most congregations, at least in the United States, it's four hours a week. That's it. Usually it's two hours Sunday morning, one hour Sunday evening, one hour Wednesday evening. And that's it. Now, there are some congregations who don't have Sunday evening worship. That's fine. Um, they may not have Wednesday evening worship. Uh, you know, that depends on the elders and the men of the church and what they decide on doing. But whenever the saints are gathered together to worship, we need to be there. And if we can't, it should bother us that we're not there. Listen, the longer you stay away, the harder it is to go back. You start making excuses of why you can't go back, and before you know it, you haven't been back in weeks or months. And then you might worry, but, well, if I go back now, everybody's going to make such a big deal, and I just don't want that. Or uh, maybe people are going to look at me differently. They're look downing uh, they look down upon me because I haven't been there. And then so they use that excuse as why they shouldn't attend. Therefore, they become lukewarm. And of course, um, if you were to ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, yes, I believe in God. I believe in Christ. I give him my life. I just can't give him four hours a week. Don't become lukewarm. You know, one might say, God have mercy on the lukewarm, except God won't unless they turn from their evil and back to God. And when I say evil, I don't mean um, evil and wicked as someone going out and trying to hurt other people. That's not what I mean at all. When I'm saying evil, evil is simply anything that goes against God, going back into the world and giving the world more time than you're giving God. Um, and First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 16, John says this, about maybe these type of people. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. What is John saying there? Right Now let's read it one more time. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. Folks, all sin leads to death. Sometimes a certain sin might lead to a physical death. And of course, sin, all sin leads to a spiritual death. If we don't find God, if we don't turn back to him and ask for forgiveness and repent of our ways, it will lead to that spiritual death or that second death that is so often talked about in the scriptures. We cannot be like that. We cannot be lukewarm. Christ is not okay with a lukewarm individual or a lukewarm church. He is more interested in the hot church, the hot individuals, the one who are zealous and wanting to work and wanting to be there. Uh, whenever the saints gather together, and they're upset when they're not. And listen, this isn't a hard thing to do. 
it isn't uh, depressing. It isn't boring. Some so many people don't want to attend because it's so boring to attend uh, church. It's so boring to be a Christian, and this is simply not the case. <clears throat> and you would know that. They would know that if they tried it, if they attended, if they started listening to God and started reading their scriptures, giving him a few moments out of each day. Because the more you give him, the more you will want to give. There was a, uh, a famous preacher. Many uh, of us have heard of his story. You haven't heard him. Uh, his name was Alexander Campbell. And Brother Campbell lived back in the late 17 and early 1800s. And he used to uh, preach, of course, but he also uh, taught in the Bible college. And he would get up each morning around four, uh, four or five in the morning, and he had a his own office, his own study, was a, another building next to his house, and he would get up in the morning and go study his Bible for two hours, and then he would go and meet his family in the kitchen for breakfast, kiss them goodbye, and then he would walk or ride his horse to the college where he would study, or uh, teach, rather, the Bible. And he would spend all day studying and teaching the Bible, and then he would go home have dinner with his family, and before he went to bed, he went back out into a study and would study for the Bible for a couple more hours. He did this every day for almost his entire life, and yet he wrote in his memoirs just before he died. Now, I, and by the way, I know there were some issues with Alexander Campbell towards the end of his life, but we're not going to uh, get into that uh, right now, but he wrote in his memoirs that all the studying and reading of the Bible that he did, all the praying that he did to God, all of it, he said he just barely scratched the surface of what he needed to know. We can never learn enough about God. And if we become lukewarm, we won't even, won't even scratch that surface. We need to do more for God. And the more we do for him, the more God will do for us. Well, as always, I am uh, so thankful for you tuning in tonight. That's, well, nighttime right now when I'm recording this. And um, I know these are crazy times. 2020 has just been oh, a, a miserable year for so many people. And uh, here in America, we just had our election a couple of days ago. And a lot of, unfortunately, um, protests, and uh, some are turning into riots. There's legal action going on uh, with the election. Right now, um, today is the 5th, and we have no idea who won. I think I have a pretty good idea, but this is going to go on. And we need to take a time out from that craziness that's going on in the world and the evil and the wickedness that's going on and spend more time with God find peace. Uh, there's a, a the very popular, uh, very beautiful song, and one I'm going to try and find and put up here on this episode, uh, hopefully at the beginning or at the end, but it's called It Is Well With My Soul. Many of us, of course, know this song. It is one of my favorites and just such a beautiful song to think about, to think with everything that is going on in the world, we have God. And because of that, it is well with my soul.
Well, again, I thank you so much for tuning in. And tell your friends and loved ones about this. Uh, and uh, one last thing uh, that I would like to put in. I've said this a few times in the past, but I want everyone to know. I do not collect any money uh, for these uh, the podcast or the blog or uh, YouTube. I do not collect any money for it. Uh, if you ever see or hear any advertisement, please let me know because I am not advertising anywhere on my sites, even though I've been asked uh, quite a few times to do so every time I try to record. This is just uh, uh, lessons for everyone to learn. And if you have any questions or a topic you want to discuss, please send me an email and um, uh, contact me in all the ways I mentioned in the beginning. And we will gladly talk about them with you. And I will always leave your name anonymous unless you tell me differently. So once again, thank you for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. May God be with you.